0: estate investing is bad. I mean I get it. You hear it all the time of how these evil real estate investors are like driving up the housing prices and contributing to the housing shortage. Now the thing is when you are dealing with anything that has to deal with money like whether it's like starting your own business or Um, investing in real estate, there is an opportunity for greedy ass people to take advantage of the less fortunate. So you may feel like real estate investing doesn't align with your values. And I get it. I've had people, you know, ask me about it and, you know, are kind of interested, but they're like, well, you know, I I don't think it aligns with um, my values and my morals. So I don't think real estate investing is for me. However, there are so many different strategies in real estate investing and there's different ways that you can invest You know, a little bit more responsibly, a little bit more ethically, and just investing with compassion. And this was me, this was the dilemma that I had to deal with at the beginning of my real estate investing journey. Now I get the whole values thing and that's one uh, dilemma that I had to deal with at the very beginning of my real estate journey. I basically stumbled upon real estate investing. Um, it wasn't something that I was going out to do, but in 2014, I purchased my first home, a single family home, and I house hacked that home and I started you know, learning about the BRRRR method, the BRRRR method, maybe one too many Rs, but basically is you buy a home, you rehab it, and then you rent it out, and then you refinance it. And so that's basically what I did at the beginning. I purchased a home for myself. Um, It was my first home, and then I house hacked it. So I rented out one of the rooms, and then you know I fixed up a few things, and then when I left, uh, instead of selling it, I turned it into a rental. So I started creating rental income for myself. Um, and then later on, I did a cash out refinance, and I used that money for another investment. And that was a strategy that I was actually pursuing. And you know I ended up purchasing a second home, living in it for about two years. And I was, you know, continuing that Burr method. And this is where I started dealing with the dilemma of kind of getting that guilt of that, hey, you know, I'm taking up homes and all like, you know, driving up prices or whatever it may be because, you know, I started seeing it on social media and all that stuff that the hate that real estate investors were getting. And so I started You know, trying to figure out like, is there a way that I can invest in real estate to still, you know, build another source of income and also, you know, start building generational wealth because that's one of the main ways you can build wealth. And eventually I ended up meeting someone that was investing in duplexes in low income neighborhoods. And he, you know, told me all about it. And I felt that that was a strategy that was, you know, Uh, a better option for myself to where, you know, these are duplexes, they're meant to be rentals, they're meant to, you know, create housing and, you know, and I'm not taking up these, you know, single family homes in, you know, established, you know, neighborhoods. But of course, with anything, you have to still make sure that you are doing things and investing with compassion and that you are trying to be as ethically as possible. As crazy as it might seem, that you can't be, you know, ethical. Like those words just don't go together. But you could still take steps to make sure that you are doing, you know, your due diligence. You're doing your best to, you know, be moral about it. As you know, as much as possible, to where you can create a situation where you um, produce housing but also create an income for yourself. So it ends up being a win-win situation. So one of the reasons that, you know, people are so hesitant of investing in real estate is because they, you know, see on the news and they see on social media of how real estate investors are, you know, hoarding all these houses and contributing on one, you know, uh, you know, contributing to the housing crisis and to driving up prices or driving up rental prices so making homes um, not as affordable to rent and also not as affordable to buy and this usually is because you get a lot of flippers you know it when you're flipping a home it's fast cash but you can do a different strategy where you are investing in the long term. This prevents you from like driving up housing prices like crazy because you're flipping homes in certain targeted markets and instead focusing on long-term gains and slowly you know just keeping in track with the appreciation rate where it's not hurting that community. However if you do want to flip properties there is a better option that you can do in which you can focus on distressed properties that are in like maybe lower income neighborhoods and fixing them up like duplexes i see them all the time distressed properties that have been sitting vacant and just like nobody wants to take them on um you know especially not somebody that's looking for their first home because it's very you know intimidating they may not have the funds i mean these are low-income neighborhoods or even in just regular neighborhoods um they, you know, just don't have the funds to do that much of a rehab. So you can in, you know, do a flip in these types of neighborhoods and also um maybe flip it to where you are selling it to an investor that is looking for a rental property. Maybe you found a duplex, you fix it up, and you sell it to an investor that wants a turnkey property and you know it ends up not having as big as an impact in well as big as a negative impact on that community instead it's having a positive impact because now there's more housing that you know is affordable now the next thing that you can do to invest more you know morally i guess is to have the mindset that you are creating a community Um and you know try to aim to help that community that in that market that you are targeting. And for me, that means targeting these low income neighborhoods that, you know, are kind of like struggling. And I come in and help, you know, fix up that community. Um, because as stated earlier, you know, some of these areas have very distressed properties, like the two that I've taken over were from like previous slumlords and they just like like didn't care about the home they were just there to nickel and dime their tenant and just let these houses just run like to the ground and so now i have to come in and i take them over the good thing is that i get them at a discount so i fix them up and make them safer because there's a lot of safety um issues that are in these homes that the previous you know owner didn't really care about so i fix them up and then i make them available for rent and you know i'm providing housing and this also helps the community in another way by cleaning up these properties it decreases like crime and you know well it deters crime because these Properties are being well maintained. Also, you want to avoid driving up these rent prices. So, because I'm getting these houses at a discount, this means that I try to balance out my cash flow versus, you know, uh, driving up the rents when, you know, this community cannot afford that much of an increase. And so, you definitely have to balance that out to make sure that you're not taking advantage of this community now the last thing that you want to do to ensure that you are being an ethical real estate investor is that if you're going to have rental properties that you ensure that you commit to being the best landlord that you can be we hear it all the time of these crazy landlords that just are like don't give a shit and are just like I don't care letting their properties run down. Like I said, from the sellers, the previous, I basically call them slumlords because like the the way they just let these properties fall, like because they didn't upkeep the houses. And the way you can make sure that you are being a great landlord is number one, making sure that you are viewing your tenants as human beings that deserve the respect and deserve compassion. They deserve To have a well maintained home that is safe and that's affordable. And don't, you know, you don't want to nickel and dime the hell out of these tenants and squeeze out every freaking cent out of them. That I see it all the time. And that's why, you know, we get a bad rep because you will see these people that just because the market, you know, started going a little bit up, they started just like trying to squeeze out every cent out of these rental markets when they really didn't need to increase that much i like my duplexes are like you know uh one of them is 587 that's my mortgage and each side you know it's about eight hundred dollars um per side. And I don't need to increase it to a thousand just because I could probably squeeze that out. Like I don't need to, I just keep it affordable. I, you know, it helps me get tenants faster. It helps me keep tenants because I'm not raising just because the market went up because I don't need to, I'm still making great cash flow. I'm still making enough to, you know, maintain them home to, to, you know, build a source of income. The mortgage is paid and you know i don't need to squeeze out every cent just so i could make myself wealthy another way to ensure that you're being a great landlord that you can be is just to be honest and transparent like don't try to hide things from your tenants don't lie to them and don't make it like you know life difficult to where any little thing you're getting on your tenants because At the end of the day, you know, one, they deserve the respect, they deserve the compassion, they deserve to know the truth about your properties and about yourself. And, but on the other hand, it is costly to drive tenants away. If you are like making it difficult to where tenants are like, oh my God, I'm getting priced out of uh, the home because you decided to raise rent. Or two, you're not maintaining the home. They like you know you don't fix maintenance issues on time. It well in a timely manner. Like the tenants are gonna get fed up and try to go somewhere else, and that is very costly because every time there's a turnaround for that unit, you are having to paint, you're having to replace carpet, you're having to pay fees to the property manager if you have one, um, because. You know, they have to put the property up for rent again. They have to do the marketing. If you don't have a property manager, that's still you that has to take the time to show the property, to find a tenant, to run the background check and all that stuff. And that is time and money that is wasted because you are on your high horse trying to squeeze out money from them and just being dishonest. And lastly, to ensure that you're being a good landlord is you know, be good with the maintenance, like make sure you are doing the maintenance on your home and, you know, your tenants are, you know, feel comfortable to say, hey, you know, this is broken. Can you fix it? And you go fix it, you know, with, you know, depending on what the situation is, but like major things like maintaining the home of just basic like the plumbing and all that stuff, like that could save you money in the long run, and also prevents headaches for the tenant, and it reduces the chances of them, you know, going somewhere else, um, because one of what I talked about earlier of it being costly, and two, like little maintenance items. I cannot tell you the things that I see in these properties that had they just like took, you know, some time in, you know, the past to fix little issues. Um, that would have prevented so much money in repairs later on because like some, like one of the plumbing things on one of these properties, like they literally cookie cuttered, um, like the pipe PVC pipe underneath a, um, bathroom sink, I think it was. And they just kept like puzzle doing like a puzzle and just like, instead of just taking the whole thing out and just replacing the whole thing, they just kept going in little by little and replacing little sections and it's little things like that, that like, why not do it right the first time to prevent a bigger issue. And so now you end up having to replace more piping than you needed to and messed up, you know, some of the plumbing. And I saw that, you know, I see it all the time in these properties that I take over that they just were like, F it. I'm just going to just see how far I can go and it, and it's not good for them either because when you go to sell that property, I get it at a discount because I'm not going to pay top dollar for these properties that are like run down because you failed to do some maintenance throughout the life of the property. So yes, although real estate investing can you know be taken advantage, but it can, the the same can be said with anything that has to deal with money. If you want to be an entrepreneur and build your business, eventually there's going to be people that can even take advantage of people at that, like just doing that. Like matter of fact, one of my other podcasts with the one with Lily, she spoke about how she, you know, uh, worked for a small family owned business and yet she was taking advantage for so long. So... You know, at any level, someone can just be greedy and take advantage of people. So it's not necessarily that real estate investing is, you know, immoral or bad. It's just the way that some people choose to do it is a horrible practice, but it can be done better. Like you don't have to nickel and dime. You don't have to freaking take advantage of people. You don't have to be an asshole you can provide housing without driving up you know the market without hurting that community and without just you know being a horrible landlord so if you want to invest in real estate you know just make sure that you're picking the right strategy to where you are not you know driving up the prices You're not driving up rent. You are doing it more of a long-term thing than uh, hurting the community by doing like crazy-ass flips. Number two, that you're building communities and focusing on more of a win-win situation versus, you know, uh, taking advantage of people and just seeing them as dollar signs. And three, just, you know, committing yourself to being a better landlord, a more compassionate landlord, by being honest, by treating tenants as human beings that deserve compassion and respect, that you're not trying to nickel and dime them, you're not trying to squeeze out every single cent out of them, and that you are maintaining your property to make sure that they have a safe and secure uh, property for them to rent. And this is what I promote. I do not promote slumlords. I don't promote real estate investors that uh, go and mess up communities or gentrify or anything like that. Um, but it is important that we do start real estate investing because this is a great way to build generational wealth. It could be a win-win situation. And you know, like I get it, this whole money is evil type deal, but the problem is that at the end of the day, we do live in a capitalist society and if we want to make change we have to have the funds to do that and you know real estate investing is one great way so is entrepreneurship and as long as we make sure that we do it with you know compassion and you know to try to make it as a much as a win-win situation and you know helping giving back to the community um, because that's the ultimate goal is obviously we do want to build generational wealth, but also for me at least, I want to make sure that I have the funds to where I can start you know driving change for my community. And with that, if real estate investing interests you, make sure you follow my social medias because I post real estate investing content and let me know what you think, what you know what concerns you, what is you know preventing you. Uh, from getting into real estate investing because I want to hear, you know, what is stopping you? What, how do you feel about it? And, you know, how I can help you overcome that so you can get into it and start building wealth and, you know, building another source of income for yourself. But other than that, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.